Tonight's reading is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, verses 27 to 42. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. Whoever hits you on the cheek, offer him the other also. And whoever takes away your coat, do not withhold your shirt from him either. Give to everyone who asks of you, and whoever takes away what is yours, do not demand it back. Treat others the same way you want them to treat you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners in order to receive back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. For he himself is kind to ungrateful and evil men. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. And do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Pardon, and you will be pardoned. Give, and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. For by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. And he also spoke a parable to them. A blind man cannot guide a blind man, can he? Will they not both fall into a pit? A pupil is not above his teacher, but everyone, after he has been fully trained, will be like his teacher. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. The word of the Lord. everyone. <clears throat> Thanks for being here tonight. Um, I am doing something a little bit different tonight. Uh, I know usually um, we have so many people in our church that are writers and musicians and poets and artists and um, typically everything is all written out and I do that when I preach usually, and tonight um, I decided that I was going to try to work with my own obsession with trying to get it right, um, which is really just the obverse of the fear of getting it wrong, and just kind of talk to you about the things that I've been thinking about for the last couple months as I've been thinking about this text. One of the reasons I really like to preach is because then I get to think about the text over a period of time. And 
I'm the kind of person that um, I can kind of narrow in on something and then I see it everywhere. You know, it's kind of like once, once you learn that there's um, racism in the world, then you go, oh my gosh, when did all this start, right? It's just that we open our eyes and we see it. And so I've been kind of seeing this text everywhere in my life. And, you know, at the beginning of chapter 6 in Luke, uh, Jesus is calling the 12. And so he's gathering the, uh, the disciples and he's calling the apostles. And in this part that we're reading right here that Barb read for us tonight is right after what in... Um, what's called the Sermon on the Plain. You know, we also know it as the Sermon on the Mount, and that's the Beatitudes. And the reason why I didn't start it there is because I wanted to really speak particularly as we were thinking, uh, as all of the election stuff has been going on, um, I started thinking about, you know, this thing about loving your enemies and turning the other cheek, I think is like a really, really, really important message to be talking about right now. And so, of course, over the last couple months, I've been able to see all the places in my life that I don't do that, Um, all the places that I get mad and I get resentful, and when people say something to me, I want to pay them back, and I'm really smart, so I can do it in sneaky ways. And so I have to keep. So I've had to keep noticing, like, like, what is this thing about? You know, this this turning the other cheek. And I know when I grew up, also Catholic. I guess it's the night for old Catholics. Um, and when I was growing up, this was kind of a what we learned was so turn the other cheek, um, give away everything you have. If somebody asks for your coat, give them your shirt. If somebody, you know, like just give and give and give, kind of like that old. Shel Silverstein book, The Giving Tree, um, which I think is a terrible book. Um, because, like, the tree just gives and gives and gives and gives and never gets anything back. Um, and so that's kind of what I learned when I was growing up, that that's what we're supposed to do, just give and give and give and give and give. Um, and I just don't think that that's really what Jesus was teaching Um, in this passage. And so he had gathered everybody and he was speaking to the masses. And um, in in the gospel, Jesus does a few things and he speaks, he's always speaking on more than one level. And so he's speaking to the the masses who are maybe not followers, they're just kind of seeing what's going on here. Um, Or their mother dragged them there. And so they're listening, and then he's speaking to the disciples, which is a bigger group of followers, and then he's speaking to the 12, what we know as the 12, Um, and whether or not there was really 12, you know, we don't know, but of course the 12 tribes, and so the 12 apostles. And so in this passage here, I think that what Jesus is doing is he's saying, this here is the real deal. Like, the thing I think is so interesting is, like, we have all these different denominations that have all these different creeds, and they tell us what to believe. And I don't think Jesus ever tells us what to believe. I think Jesus, over and over and over again, tells us what to do. I don't think he ever says, this is what you should believe about me, about anybody. Um, 
And so over and over and over, he tells us to do things. And with his behavior, the things that I see him telling us to do is, number one, like, like the most consistent message that I hear in the gospel is speak truth to power. And Jesus did that all the time. And he did it so often that they killed him for it. And in speaking truth to power, the important second part of that, that sometimes I forget, is do this in a kind and generous and gracious and consistent way, and not with violence and not with aggression. And the other part of speaking truth to power and speaking it in that way is to not be owned. Never, never consent to be owned by anybody else. And so... I think when Jesus says, turn the other cheek, one interesting thing that I, sidebar, one interesting thing when I was looking at stuff on the internet, um, you know, at the time, at the turn of, um, uh, in Palestine, when Jesus was preaching, um, it says in uh, Matthew's gospel that if you get hit on the right cheek, turn the left cheek. And there, so there's this stuff in the, in, um, uh, that a lot of people have written about that that would mean you would get backhanded, which would be the way that you would hit a servant or a slave. Um, but if you were hit forehand this way, that would be the way that you would hit an equal. And so the, possibly the original, ver- the original meaning was that if you turn the other cheek, then the person who hit you would be forced to treat you as an equal because first they would backhand you and then they would slap you because nobody would have been using their left hand for anything except for one thing. Um, And so it's interesting that if that was the meaning at the time, then, then what does that say to us? And I think that it says, to me, it says stand in your dignity. Like refuse to be controlled. And turn and stand and take what's there, but never give it back in a way that will define you as being the person who just hit you. And that is a really difficult thing for me. Um, Because a lot of times, like when people are hitting me, and not very many people hit me physically, right? I mean, but people hit us with words and people hit us with their beliefs and people hit us with their laws. Um, And so I start to feel like, no, you have it wrong. Like what you are saying about me or what you are telling me or what you're writing about me is wrong. And I have to make you understand how wrong it is. And so I get really reactive and I get really upset. And then I do things like, argue and yell. And I think what Jesus is telling us to do is like refuse to be defined by it, refuse to believe. Because when I get reactive, I think it's because there's a little, sometimes a great big, but usually a little part of me that like believes a piece of what the other person is saying about me. And so I can't let it go. And I have to convince them that they're wrong because I'm maybe trying to convince myself that I'm wrong. And so I think what Jesus wants us to do in those times is to, like, lean in and just turn and ask God 
to be relieved of the burden of believing that I am anything but a beloved child of God. Because when I turn and I lean in, then it doesn't matter what anybody says. It doesn't matter what anybody believes. It doesn't matter what anybody does in the long run. Because I know who I am. And nobody gets to define who I am except God. Nobody. But, of course, I forget that over and over and over again. And you know what? The world is never going to get it right. And Jesus always spoke from the side of powerlessness. That that is our strength. And so... I don't have to convince anybody of anything. All I have to do is stand and be a beloved child of God in whatever way that is. And so I turn the other cheek. And I think that the interesting thing about the part after that, that says love your enemies and turn the other cheek and all that, I think that the part after that tells us, I think Jesus tells us in, as he's going on, what, what we might be prone to doing after we turn the other cheek. And one of the things I think is, like one of the pitfalls is to get all superior, right? So I just turned the other cheek, you know. That, I'm not fighting back. Everybody see how I'm not fighting back? Um, and I think what that does is that puts us squarely back into the other side, squarely back into the power, kind of power over. And the other thing that we do is, um, or that I do, is um, that I get resentful. Like, I'll turn the other cheek, but I'm going to make you pay for it later. Um, and resentment is an interesting thing that I've been thinking a lot about lately, and the word resentment comes from, sentir uh, is a French word, and it means to feel. And so resentment is to re-feel, is to feel the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. Um, <clears throat> and resentment is like poison. And uh, Chodron says resentment is like drinking rat poison and expecting the rat to die. And so, and resentment is also a power play. <laughs> um, because it's holding an a, a, um, anger, an attitude of superiority. And so, if I'm going to let go of that, then I have to let go of it all. I have to not only give my coat, but I have to give my shirt. Because I have to keep divesting myself of all the ways that I wrap myself up in the power in the power structures of empire, or what I like to call the vast machine. And so, don't get all superior and don't get all resentful. Like, what the heck? How do we do that? So for me, the thing that I most like to do, or I most try to do, I don't know that I like doing it, um, but I try doing it because... so that I have some more peace is that and, I, and Jesus says it here in the text is I try to pay attention to my behavior I try to pay attention to my side of the street because actually the bottom line bottom line is 
that we will rise or fall on the basis of our own behavior, not on the basis of anybody else's behavior. And when I choose my behavior on the basis of somebody else's behavior, then they own my dignity and they own my integrity. And again, I think that Jesus is telling us, don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) Stay here on this side. Stay in the kingdom. Because the kingdom is here. And if I want the kingdom to be here, and I want the kingdom to be a place that's like filled with gentleness and decency and bravery, then I've got to do something about that. Like I've got to have those qualities and practice them. Especially when I want to do the opposite. So when I want to condemn then I step back and I think about myself. I don't want to be condemned. And so I don't think Jesus is saying that it's a tit for tat. Like if you do all these things, you store up a bank account and then you get good things, right? I don't think that's really what he's saying, although that's the way I learned it. Like if you do good things, then you'll get good things. But you know what? That is not true in this world. Because there are a lot of people in this world that do good things all the time. And they get sick. And they die. And their children get hurt. And so, I don't think what he's saying is, if you do good things, good things will happen to you. I think he's saying, if you want a world where good things happen, then feed that world. Don't feed a different world. And so if I want to live in a world full of love, then I need to not spit venom into the world when I'm angry. And of course, the real deal, like doing the actions, doing the, doing the things that Jesus did, I think that's what makes me a Christian. Not believing a creed or believing really just about anything. I think it's about my actions. And um, one of the things in John during the, during the Passover, the Last Supper, one of the things that, Je- that Jesus says to the apostles is, He told them how people would know that they were Christians. He said, they'll know, everyone will know that you're Christians by our love, by our actions. Not by what we believe, but by our actions. What are the things that we do every day? I think the biggest good news in all of this is that um, we have a God that was a human also for a while. (laughs) And so... That gives me a lot of comfort because it feels like God knows what it's like to be broken. Because I sure know what it's like to be broken. And I'm guessing that everybody sitting in this room knows something about what it's like to feel broken. Or to be messy. And one of the things I read recently that Anne Lamott wrote is that the best news of all is that grace and mercy is like God's glue stick. And so it puts us back together again.
because we're going to fall again and again and again. And then we get to stand again and again and again. <laughs>